What is going on, everybody? Happy Monday night, Tuesday morning to you all. Welcome to another Bachelor-focused episode of The Vile Files. I don't even know. Like, we're not like we recap the recap. Recap the recap of the recap that we're capping. But Ben Higgins does join us, and uh, we have a always fun, loving conversation, mostly about life, a little bit about his season, um, and some takeaways uh, about that. I, th- I think you will find very interesting. Um, so yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, looking forward. You gotta to get it. ready for our new segment, hot goss. <laughs> hot, hot bachelor goss. Yeah, and, and what's. Hot goss. So, so we find, you know, just so you know, we don't, uh, Dean and, and, and uh, Kaylin, um, not married. Uh, no, they're not government married. Not government married. I, yeah, that's such a Dean thing to say. It <laughs> is such a Dean thing to say. Uh, he really is uh, owning this uh, homeless, hot look. I mean, he's a beautiful guy. So, no matter what, he, he yeah. looks good. He's almost like, I don't, I don't know if you hung out with like, if you've done rock climbing or hung out with like a bunch of rock climbers, but I've done a bunch of that. It's like kind of the, they call it dirt bagging is like the term, like the dirt oh, okay. bag lifestyle is actually what it's called because well, it's like living out of a van, living in a tent, going from place to place. It's like, that's the kind of lifestyle. And he's, I went, he's owning it. Yeah, well, he does a great job. I went to the beach with, with Kaylin and Dean like a week ago and, and Dean and I went in the water. It was brisk, and Dean was like, "Well, thank God." I'm like, "Well, I don't know if I want to go all the way in. It was cold." And Dean's like, "Well, I haven't showered in a couple of weeks, so I kind of need to." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, okay. that's gross, oh, but more power right. to Kaylin. I mean, Kaylin is a uh, for those. I mean, I, everyone. I'm a I'm a big fan of Kaylin. I think she's a very yeah. sweet and 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 love lovely person, and so I've really enjoyed getting to know. Kaylin through my friendship uh, with Dean. It no. seems like she's been able to grow a lot with all the new experiences that she's doing with him as well. It's yeah. kind of cool. Kaylin's definitely the better half of her <laughs> and Dean. For sure. It's not even it's not even and I say that loving Dean, but uh yeah, Caitlin, she's very she's very sweet. Yeah. I love it. She seems nice. Should we move on to some hot gods? I love it when you say hot gods. Hot gods. Um, so funny. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, how about okay? Here's my favorite thing of the week, just because you know, like I know you a little bit more now. But like, how many people have you been linked with in one week for dating? Yeah, I'm not like, the dating. Google alert goes off like crazy. I'm not dating Andy. I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> Andy just moved to LA, and actually, I got a text the other morning. She's like, "Hey, guess who moved to LA?" I'm like, "Oh, cool." Like. Andy and I are friends. We've been friends. We've been strong acquaintances over the years. Uh, we're not the type of friends that uh, you know call each other for uh, help or for to vent. Um, but she right now is staying near where I live. Cool. And so she's like, "I'm going running. Do you want to join?" I said, "Sure." And you know, sure as shit, some. Someone decided to take a photo of of, so of our backs. Um, it's one of those things where, like, why do I even have to comment on this? And, uh, but yeah, no, not 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 dating Andy, but I welcomed to her to L.A. and um, she seems to be doing great, and she's into the whole running thing, and and uh, and I've been running a lot lately, and uh, so yeah, nice to see her, and then like Demi. I mean, yeah. I, that was, it was but, like Demi had a breakup and all of a sudden it was like she's dating Nick. No, no. But sometimes <laughs> when you go through, you know, personal experiences, you, you, you touch base with friends. Yeah. And then your friends are like, yeah, I'll be there for you, you know, and, and, and be friendly. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. It sometimes gets frustrating. You know, yeah. I guess it's uh, I don't talk about my dating life too much. Um, so naturally. Um, when I'm seen with other women who are friends, um, there's always going to be speculation and, and I guess it is, it is what it is, but, uh, I am not dating, dating either of those two and, uh, I, I'm not going to be dating either of those two. And quite frankly, it's quite something I can safely say about anyone <laughs> from the bachelor franchise, you know, that they're great people. I just don't, I don't see it in the cards, but yeah, I don't know if I, I'll, I don't think I could ever say that enough where it will still never come up. 
Um, on last night's episode, you know, they kept like asking for everybody uh, to send in people like contestants and they were still looking for casting for people for Claire season. But I also heard that they were starting to film Claire season. So it's kind of weird. I'm like, are they still really looking for people or is this really them just looking for people for Matt James? Because they mentioned Matt James as well. Listen, I think the casting process is year round, 24-7, 365 type of thing, right? They can never get too many um, submissions to try to find the right people for the show. Um, so they're always going to promote it. I, I, my guess is they probably have Claire's season pretty well cast, but there's always yeah. a chance for a last minute submission. You know, if someone comes in hot and they think they're the perfect person for a season, they'll figure out a way to get them on uh, Claire's season. Uh, but yeah, it's nice to see that they're, they're figuring out a way to, uh, to film. I'm, I'm guessing, I still think it's going to be like all filmed at one single location. Oh, really? Yeah, it's going to be on Tuesday nights now, I guess, because it's going to be aired during football season. So, like, they don't really want to compete. Well, they can't. Well, not only they can't compete, like, they don't have the slot. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, But, you know, Tuesday, Monday, whatever. People watch The Bachelor whenever The Bachelor's Uh, on. And I'm, 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 I think it's cool. I'm happy for Matt in the sense that, like, I think for the first time in a long time, they're going to be casting specifically for the person, the lead. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's just a benefit of them announcing him so early, which I think is a good thing. I know like Rachel has questioned the timing. I even made it seem uh, not like I even said, well, hey, listen, obviously it seemed reactionary. Yeah. But I guess my overall opinion of that is it has more to do, like I've said before, uh, any criticism about the franchise and how they announced it, it has more to do with what they do next um, in terms of ongoing um, decisions that that uh, lead to greater progress than than critiquing every little move they do yeah. in the present. Like a year from now, seeing what happens a year. Yeah, and a year from now, like what, what are they doing? What are they not doing? Uh, did they live up to the things that they said they were going to do? Um so I guess uh, we shall see. Uh, nothing too riveting other than that, hot gas wise. Um, <laughs> let's. Uh, should we get to Ben? Yeah, he's so great. I know. So what a what a sweet man. Make sure to tune in tomorrow. We have a fun uh, episode uh, with a very funny and talented uh, comedian, uh, Sarah Colonna. Uh, we talk about Karen culture. I thought Sarah would be great to chat about it. I- I've been fascinated by this kind of discussion, this topic. We really just kind of explore it. We ask ourselves questions. We have a talk. If, All uh, sides of it. I don't know if we figured it out, uh, but you know, if, you, if you've seen it on the internet and you're curious about it, join us tomorrow for a, a, uh, a discussion. A culture episode. <laughs> a discussion. And uh, yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, don't forget to send in your questions at castmedia.com, cast with a K. Uh, and hey, listen, uh, we always could use your reviews on, on iTunes. It's been a little slow. I don't know if you guys hate us or, or what, but you're, I don't feel like you're complimenting uh, me as much. And I, I'm, a, I'm a needy person. <laughs> you need those compliments? <laughs> if you like Ben, go give us five stars at <laughs> our podcast. How about that? Should How about I? that? Um, I like Ben. And as always, we do appreciate you guys when you promote us on your socials. It's uh, it's uh, something that is really beneficial to the show, and we appreciate it. So uh, without further ado, let's get to uh, Ben Higgins. How many people out there love their dogs, right? Everybody. Everybody loves your dog. Like, you love your kid, but wh- you know what's crazy? You don't know as much about your dog as you do about your kid, and that is nuts. Uh, you've heard me talk about Embark before. Uh, a lot of you people have used it. You send us in the results of, uh, of your dogs. Uh, a lot of you haven't used it yet, and I got to tell you, you're missing out. Um, if you have a dog, uh, Embark is an absolute great tool to learn all about your dogs, uh, their health, their age, uh, their genetic health, what you can do to be proactive about their health. Um, especially if you rescue your dog. Uh, that's a great thing to do to rescue a dog, but there's, uh, and when you do, you often don't have information that you uh, would have if, if you didn't rescue. So uh, make sure to check out Embark, at the dog DNA test kit. They have over 350 breed types and varieties and screened for over 175 genetic health conditions to help your vet provide the best medical care for your dog. I don't know if you knew this, but over 50% of dogs are either at risk or a carrier of genetic diseases, 
whether they are purebred or mixed, and Embark can give you a leg up uh, when it comes to knowing uh, your dog's health history. It's also just a fun conversation starter to know about your dog. Uh, we have a producer who found out he rescued his dog, and he found out his dog's like nine years old, um, which is, you know, good to know. Well, good and he's know. like a little older than I thought, you know? Now the next hey. time somebody asks in the neighborhood, he knows. So right now, uh, Embark has an exclusive offer just for our listeners. Go to EmbarkVet.com now and use promo code V-I-A-L-L to save 15% off your dog breed and health kit. Visit EmbarkVet.com and use promo code V-I-A-L-L to save 15% off today. EmbarkVet.com and use promo code V-I-A-L-L. Well, if you're watching, you see my uh, UV clean by Home Medics in, my, in the backdrop there. Um, did you know your phone is like... 10 times dirtier than a toilet seat. That's disgusting when you think about it. You're holding on to a toilet seat all day long. Uh, Home Medic's phone sanitizer kills up to 99% of bacteria and viruses at the DNA level using no harmful chemicals or liquids. It sanitizes and disinfects both sides. Uh, it sanitizes and disinfects both sides of your phone 10 times faster than any other product on the market. It just takes one minute with UV clean versus 10 minutes with the other competitors. Uh, like I said, it's a very, it's a travel. I have a travel one back there. You can take it. I it, bring it in my car. Uh, you can plug it in, uh, when you're, when you're at home charging. Oh, it's pretty neat. I, I didn't think I it's would so use cool. it as much. Uh, it's so it's cool. Li- I'm obsessed. If you take it into your car, the cool thing about it is you bring it into your car and it doesn't just do your phone. You can do your keys, your wallet, your credit card, your makeup, anything you can throw in there. All so, the so you're going that- out to the restaurant, you're sitting six feet apart, you get into your car, throw it into the it, anything that you have into right into the UV clean, and then it's like done by the time you get home. All the things that you're carrying around that is just as dirty as a toilet seat. So gross. Gross. <laughs> Even with overwhelming demands for UV Clean, Viofile listeners can get free shipping plus $20 off a future home medics purchase. Just head to getuvclean.com and use promo code NICK. That's G-E-T-U-V-C-L-E-A-N.com and use promo code NICK, N-I-C-K. Don't forget, every time you wash your hands, make sure you clean your phone too. How's it going, Ben? (laughs) Man, it's going really good uh thanks for uh thanks for joining me dude it's good to be back it uh we waited a while to to get yeah. me on the the vial files and now this is twice in a few months so i'm pretty pumped twice in a few months you know figure obviously we we watched your greatest of all time season and then i figured we'd just shoot the shit um <laughs> i guess you said you weren't gonna watch it i know on your podcast and then yeah. i saw a tweet that you said you did and cringed uh, what made you change your mind? Did Jess watch it with you? And uh, how did you feel um, watching it? Yeah, I, I would. I watched it. Uh, I didn't want to watch it. And I still don't think I want to watch it, but I have watched it. So that's a weird place to be in. Jess did not watch it. She will not be. Uh, it wouldn't be good for her. I don't, I don't think she would enjoy one second of it, honestly. Uh, I, why, I, why is that, do you think? Uh, I, I think it's really hard. So I have two theories. One, I think it's just hard in general to watch somebody you love uh, pursue anybody else. Like I just think when you have to okay. watch it back, start to finish. I also think there's I, there's there's two more things I'd like to point out. The other one is Jess uh, is a very confident woman, but she gets compared a lot to the girls from my season, and I think that hurts her because she says things like, "Yeah, but we're together," and I am your fiance. And I think now when people still compare, I think it makes it just confuses her mentally. Like, hey, this is so, my man. So they're still comparing? All the time. She gets it all the time. I mean, I've had good friends even not do it on purpose and make comments to her that that say things like, Oh, maybe you're, you know, Lauren used to do this or and you do this or I'm so happy to see Ben ha- like happy now and like they good intentions just wrong sentiment and and like wrong phrasing terrible phrasing and then and then the final one is Jess has never really had her heart broken uh in life and oh, does that make you nervous I always that always personally for me made me nervous if I was dating someone yeah who 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 never had their heart broken yeah, so it would make me nervous if Jess hasn't been through a lot of grief in her life. Like if she doesn't have other waves of gotcha. All right. being, you know, of feeling deep pain, then I would, 
you know, be cautious, but she has felt deep pain. She has had very uh, heavy experiences. Just it, romantically, she hasn't ever had her heart broken. And I think watching that show might, I'm just worried that watching that show might be the first time she feels that with anybody a little bit like that. Just like, oh, this sucks and this is sad and this is hard to watch. Like there's just nothing good that can come from her watching it. Like I can't think of one thing good. I mean, I guess, but like you were a charming stand-up guy. It's interesting because a lot of like Caitlin's season was aired last week, and people yeah. asked me what it was like for me, and I, you know, kind of joked about, oh, they're 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 airing my breakup again. Oh, this sucks. But to be honest, I I watched it, especially five years removed, and been like, you know what? What a overall positive experience, especially you know. Um, me getting my heart broken and watching that back, I I didn't mind watching it. In fact, I was like, you know what? I was kind of proud of myself in terms of how I handled a really tough situation. And I wonder if I were dating someone and like in a like or if I were engaged to someone, um, if it would bother them. But I did show it like I, you know, like people I'm talking to or whatever, like they didn't yeah. I guess there I'm not I'm not that far along with anyone that it would uh uh bother him the way it bothered Jess. I guess what I'm trying to yeah, I've I'm I'm being cryptic right now. Yeah. Uh, Nick, would it bother you, Nick, if you were watching some that happen to somebody like that you were dating, if the roles were reversed? I personally don't think so, but I'm different. Um uh I think I don't know, maybe Ben, you're the same way, having done this experience of The Bachelor and I've literally gone through two seasons of The Bachelorette of like falling for someone while they're there dating other people. Then I became come the bat like this whole, and I've never been a jealous person, and I'm not saying Jess is jealous at all. But I just I I I can see past that. There's an awkwardness. I wouldn't want to see someone like make out, you know, and sit next to them. And yeah. but uh, I don't have any illusions that anyone I would ever date w- wouldn't have a past and. So let me ask this you this, though. What would be the positives, though? Like, is it worth it to watch? Is it worth it? Wait, listen, I get what you're saying. Upside versus downside. I don't think, like... Yeah, I agree with you. Like, I don't think Jess could watch this or a girl I'm dating could watch that and be like, now I understand you better. Yeah. Um, and my fear too would be, even though I was proud of myself about like how I handled the Caitlin situation, it's very easy for people to jump to conclusions and oversimplify the experience, mm-hmm. and then and then assume they know you too much. That would bother me. Um, but I, you know, I, sometimes I have hard time relating to people who haven't had the experience where they have a lot of questions, and I'm like, well, just fucking watch it, and then ask me questions. So sometimes. Um, I try to ex- explain, um, but you're right. Not net positive. I don't see. I don't. I don't think Jess is missing out. No. And like the the cool part about Jess is like I think I could count on my hand the amount of times we've talked about the show together. Like that's that's great. It, yeah. And when it does, I mean, and this is like just who she is always. Her question to me is, well, then how did that make you feel? Or how do you think that impacted you? She doesn't, there's never been a time where she's tried to dig into like, oh, tell me about that one time you flew on the plane. And she just, that's just not a, a part of our relationship. And sure, because something she never watched, it's something that she doesn't, you know, that doesn't have a foundational point in our life. And like, yeah, we get to do some cool stuff together sometimes. Like maybe we'll go to a concert that the show has like allowed me to go to, or we get an interview with you know, E or whatever it is, but there's never anything else that the show has ever done for me that she's a part of really. Um, other than just my life experiences that now she gets to, to see and watch and, and, and be. So I I think what I'm saying is that I just don't see enough upside to ask her to watch it. If I asked her to watch it, she definitely would watch it. I watched it. So I did say on my podcast, I wasn't going to watch it. I do have to say I was wrong. Uh, it sat in my inbox. The screener did for a week. Uh, I chose not to watch it. I chose not to watch it. I would say, nah, this is stupid. And then I had the morning. And I know that this week I was going to have talks with a bunch of people. So I I did want to see how it played out. I also uh, 
want you know wanted to see how Olivia was quite honestly because I, that was a big deal. Uh, Olivia and I had talked uh, on the on the on the show, and I wanted to see how she came off, and I really was rooting for her. And I just said, screw it. Like, I'm going to watch it. And I did fast forward through a lot. Like, I fast forward through most of the second half of the show for obvious reasons. It was, yeah. it just would have felt awkward and weird. And I don't really want to relive it. But there was really fun parts, too. That night one scene, like, it brought me back to things I have totally forgotten and really cool experiences that I'm so grateful for. Yeah, totally. I, uh, I recently, when HBO Max, uh, dropped and they said oh you know mining your seasons are on it i watched the premiere of my season just yeah. for like i just like turned it on to see it and i was like i just but you're right watching the night one was kind of like it was kind of fun and it reminisced and, yeah. and my takeaway was again i didn't end up with any of the women but like like what a bunch of fun characters in a show just like they were it was there's a lot of laughs and and it was it just certainly reminded me of the craziness of the night and it was it definitely took me back in a in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. No, watching it was good for like it wasn't bad. I did spend a ton of time. I don't know if you're like me, but when I watch, even if it's like I remember Boy Meets World or whatever it is from like <laughs> as a kid, I have this thing where I notice it like I stick my I like can't watch. Like I have to turn away. Like TV, I'm very like emotionally invested. I get very embarrassed. And so I was getting very embarrassed for myself and for the women and like, you know, this the awkward things like I would say knowing I was trying to be smooth and how terrible I was at it. And and so I spent a lot of time looking through my fingers and like had my head in my palm. But I'm not mad I watched it. It just I just watched it, I don't know, an hour and a half ago. So not mad about it. I I, I forgot that um Kevin Hart and uh, Ice Cube. <laughs> that was amazing. Do you think That's that so cool? <laughs> like Kevin Hart was pretty big then, but he's really blown up since. Do you think he's just like, why did I bother? I don't think he remembers it. Like I'm sure, like if you told him you're on the Bachelor once, you'd be like, oh yeah. Like I don't know the guy's name, but yeah, he I was there. Like yeah, looking at that experience now, um, knowing that dudes, those two guys literally rode around with me in a car for I don't know five hours that day, <laughs> like and then got in a hot tub. Like it just blew my mind even watching that back. Like those are I huge pretty, names. I was pretty jealous to watch that back. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I'm like. I mean, I got to meet, uh, you know, the Backstreet Boys, which was cool. That was yeah. cool. I'm not, and I got to meet Carl Lewis. That was that was personally really cool for me. But uh, yeah, what an underrated date. I think that's the best way. Like, of it the really very was. First, and what really a terrible was. date to have as your very first date of the season. Like, that's my very first time dating a girl during this whole thing as the Bachelor. And then you have Kevin Hart and Ice Cube come in, and like, how am I supposed to be okay? You're, like. I froze <laughs> all day. I froze. I never not froze. Uh, you seemed fine. I mean, they. I mean, they cut around at least to make you seem, yeah. you know, okay. Uh, and then they had the hot tub. Obviously, was that like what was that? A grocery store? Or? Yeah, like, like it was in a store. It's it's like a it's like a hot tub store there in L.A. somewhere. Like it's just it w- it was literally we walked in. I think the store might have even still been open because I think there were like customers in there and they just like had one hot tub sitting in the middle that was going that they had us get in <laughs> because it was for a movie they were doing that I I feel like yeah, had a yeah, was, hot tub a, in it. Yeah, it was a definitely a movie tease for sure. I do remember that. Um, yeah. Speaking of Olivia, I, I mean, that was probably my biggest takeaway of watching her. Obviously, she got emotional talking to Chris. It seemed obviously very sincere. And yeah. it's really, I think Olivia um, was kind of the last casualty, one of the last casualties of the show. What I mean by that, and I take some pride in this in my season, and I, and I didn't do anything specifically. But I didn't really have any villains on my season. Um, where Olivia, what I mean by casualty is the show up into that point in your season, they had this history of villainizing someone. And not because they were a bad person. They just they weren't as popular in the house or they did some weird shit. And, and again, Olivia was kind of like, well, maybe I deserve some criticism. But like, what did she really do that was so criminal to yeah. like justify some of the criticism? And it was uh, it was interesting to to have Olivia come back and, and talk about that vulnerability. And I was just wondering if you kind of had any thought thoughts on that. Yeah, it's interesting you said that. I mean, I would think I don't know if you would say like a Luke Parker 
would it be like a villain that didn't really recover? Well, Luke Parker, I mean, I wasn't there, but Luke Parker did that shit. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, okay. Like, I see what you're saying now. So, like, people... He was gaslighting Hannah. Like, what was Olivia's biggest crime? Okay, that makes sense. That Now, that's good, good context there. So, it's like, hey, Olivia really didn't do anything wrong, yet her outcome was not good. Like, it was one of those things where it's like, I don't know how I'm going to look coming off. But Luke definitely had an idea of how he was going to look. Yeah. Okay, Olivia, Olivia was a villain because, quite frankly, the other girls didn't like her. That's it. Yeah, you know yeah. that was her biggest crime. That's kind of what happened to me on Andy's season for some, you know, or made yeah. it seem like like Chad on JoJo's season. He was a dick. Like yeah. he was a real villain. Um, yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay, you know, and so like, yeah, it's like I, I think uh, it was you know Olivia really clearly it it. it she had some um, emotional mental baggage from that, you know, and it was. Yeah. So I'll say this and, and I mean it. I knew Olivia was going to be coming on. I know how big of a deal it was for Olivia to come on that show. Like this, for the recap, not, not the recap, season. not yeah, the okay. main show, yeah. the recap, okay. like just to be clear, I, I know that nothing in Olivia's life wanted like she, her family didn't want her to be there. Her friends didn't want to be there. She didn't want to be there. She trusted the show one last time. She, I, I believe that she said, I can try to do this because I don't know what else to do. Because here's the truth, and it sucks. And this is why I watched it. I, it still hurts Olivia today. Like th- yeah. the show, thinking about the show is not a positive experience. And when I got up there on night one, I was trying to think of, all right, I don't know how this is going to play off, out. I could do terrible at this. We could all fall flat on our face. But my only thing I, I hope is that everybody leaves this, including myself, and says, I'm glad I did it. And I, I do mean this, that I think Olivia probably would be the only one that left that show, even if you were gone on night one, and be like, I'm really not glad I did this. Yeah. And so for, for Olivia to get there is a big deal. It took a lot of courage for her. My hope, and as you just mentioned it, is that everybody watching it will give Olivia a big hug somehow, some way, virtually or just in their minds and hearts because she didn't do anything crazy. She didn't do anything wrong. She didn't mean to hurt anybody. She was super kind to me. She said some things that were at a, that were not good in the moment and like some things that she definitely should have been checked on. But she didn't, I mean, if you were around her, like she didn't want anybody not to like her. She was trying her hardest to figure out a process that is impossible yeah. to figure out. So yeah, totally. I'm glad she came because I do think she, I do think this is a, a lot, do you, I mean, I would ask you, I'm biased cause I was really hoping for it. So I was watching it within this context. Do you think it came off good for her? I do. I honestly, the only thing that kind of bummed me out, but I think it speaks to how much the, 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 the process still affects her to this day is you could tell that Olivia came on very afraid and cautious Yeah. And and I think she apologized too much, and and still tr- she was very careful about being like, I deserve some of the criticism. I know yeah. I I didn't do things perfectly, and again, no one does. But my point is, nothing she did uh, justified uh, the way she was vilified as a person. There is nothing. Al- I mean, I wasn't there, but like we've all put our foot in our mouth. We've all. Uh, and especially in that world, you know, she was eventually, you know, listen, I, I've defended producers and they, again, they, they're good at making us be our most outrageous selves. Olivia did and said what she did, but she was clearly led down a path Yeah. once they realized kind of her place in the house. And I do think the producers have learned from that. There are a lot of new people. I've, I do, like in their defense, they're not perfect. They have, they have the sins of their own, but they, and I, I think it has changed. Um, and I think you saw it on the very next season, on my season, like, you know, Corinne, you could say was the villain, but she really wasn't. She was also the star. Yeah. You know, look at Demi uh, on Colton's season. When I was a kid, I always would go to arcades and wish I would have an arcade at my house. It was like, how can I get the arcade version at my house? I know you're thinking, what the hell are you talking about? I'm talking about makeup airbrushes. What I mean by that is like when you go and you like go to a store and you have these professional people doing these professional things with airbrushes, you can have that at your home. And I've got to tell you, 
if I wore makeup, I would totally want to airbrush. It's, it is it, pretty it cool. It seems to be more over evenly applied. And it's like, pretty who, cool. Who would have thought you could have professional equipment conveniently at your home? It just seems too obvious. Why would you use brushes? It just that's nuts. <laughs> I mean, just nuts. I've got mine, and I have to tell you, I'm definitely not a makeup artist. The Luminous Silk Four in One Airbrush System. It's so 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 easy. You go online, they match your color. 100% guarantee that you get a match color. It's a 30-day money-back guarantee, color match guarantee, and it has a limited warranty. It's lightweight. You put a couple of drops of your foundation in there, and it even tells you how to like do it so you do it evenly. I have two coats on right now, so there you go. <laughs> it's really, really easy, and it's so easy to use. You're going to love it. Uh, Four-in-one airbrush system. I mean, listen, I, I wish I'm going to start wearing makeup just so I can use this damn airbrush. Uh, Luminous Air has a limited time <laughs> offer for you right now. Go to trysilk.com slash V-I-A-L-L to get 60% off your Luminous Silk 4-in-1 airbrush system. What? That's trysilk.com slash V-I-A-L-L to get smoother, fuller, and more natural looking foundation coverage. Visit trysilk.com slash V-I-A-L-L today. But yeah, I, uh, I do think Olivia came off well and sympathetic and it 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 made me sad that she's you really you you're right she there's some emotional scars from the show um and that that is a bummer and uh, i think that's why you didn't see tia come on 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 sean's recap because the same thing it was like was she outrageous sure was she with great tv absolutely did she get absolutely thrown under the bus 100 percent yeah and so, I mean, I know the Olivia thing, and I would just say it was a, it's a great opportunity for us now to say, you know, this is four years later or whatever. Like, it is now the time for us to say, Olivia, you came on TV, you tried your best, you didn't do anything crazy wrong. Like, welcome back. We love you. Like, can we just completely forgive? And not, I don't even know what we're forgiving for. I think you're not right. Not even Olivia. forgive, almost kind of like apologize, being like, you know, slide, I'm sorry. Into, yeah. we slide into Olivia's DMs and comments and being like, yeah. I probably said some mean shit to you that probably wasn't deserved. Yeah. Yep. And again, I'm not saying Olivia didn't annoy some of the women on her season and maybe justified it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's a difference between living in that kind of controlled environment and then, and then people not getting along. Yeah. Um, but it is a it is a it is a high school environment, and is it a it's a mean girls environment? It's a mean girls environment. Even the Bachelorette, I'm not even saying you know men are mean girls uh, to each other sometimes in that environment. It's very clicky, and yeah. uh, Olivia was on the short end of the stick. So yeah, I am uh, I am I agree with you. I'm glad that she I'm glad she was able to come on. It showed a lot of strength, and it was definitely therapeutic. And I you know I'm glad the show gave her the opportunity. And you're right, she had to choose to trust them. And we've all done, like, I, I, there's not a time that the show asked me to come on for whatever reason. And I'm like, you know, sure, fine. That sounds easy enough. But like, and I'm a pain in the ass to them because I'm always like, for the same reason, like, I'll never get over my first two seasons on, uh, on, on The Bachelor. And, and they'd certainly have done right by me plenty of times, but once in a while, I'm just like, you know what? Why did you have to do X, Y, or Z? And I'm, I'm a real pain in the ass because I'm like, don't do this. Are you gonna do this? What like? And you, there's a level of like, you just have to be like, well, I'm just gonna trust you. Don't, 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 don't screw me. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad that um, I think Olivia, like you said, she'll watch it and be glad she did, and that that makes me happy. No, I'm with you. No, and that's all. That's really the biggest takeaway. That's why I wanted to come on with her. I, I just hope she's happy. I hope she cut washed and said, "I'm glad I did that." Did that for for obvious reasons. Yeah, for sure. Um, any other final thoughts about your season before I just want to chat to you about life? And, and then yeah. I mean that you and I have talked a lot recently offline. Yeah, uh, especially when it comes to the things that we're going through as a country, and you know, here we are, two straight white men who, who we talk about privilege, and I know you've talked with Tyler about like having this type of um, platform, uh, and how do we use it? How do we make sure we're doing the right thing, but not even being too loud with things that maybe not concern us? And you know, you you refer to your season, and it's five years, four years ago. And maybe it's a nice segue to talk about like watching it back. What was your biggest takeaway that you learned about yourself 
about who you were as a person when you were the bachelor versus who you are as a person now. Mm, yeah, those, those are good. Uh, I need to change up your question just a bit because I do want. I, I think my biggest takeaway, what has led me now, is not as as much about me. And so, in context, you're you're right here. I am a white male who is straight from the Midwest. Uh, I had never left Indiana except for a job in Denver for six months before the show started. Or, uh, about a year, actually, closer to a year. I went to LA for the first time. So my first big takeaway that I see now that that I didn't recognize then is my worldview expanded drastically within moments. Like not like and it's a part of me that people do know now that I haven't shied away from, but it's something to know. Like I grew up in a city where I thought like there was only Christians. Like I thought that the drast like a like only Christians existed in this world. Like I, yeah. and, and, and I, I no, don't like, yeah. I really did. And so. Same. I mean, I, I remember growing up, you know, Catholic Christian, whatever. And uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing how isolated our, our worlds are growing up sometimes, especially in a white suburban world. Um, you, don't, yes. you don't hear about, it. I remember hearing about learning about like Jewish people, the Jewish faith, yeah. not meeting a single Jewish person until I went to college. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I got a ton of Jewish friends, but like you just, you, you go so long your life hearing about these people and, and you think it's a, you know, out of sight, out of mind and you're right. And there, it, it's amazing what you learn about the world when you have an opportunity to sit down and just talk to people who have very, you know, drastically different upbringings than yourself. Definitely. And so here's one benefit that I don't think was picked up on as me being the bachelor. I was so naive that when you watch it and you're like, oh, he acted like I always hear this. He acted. He just cared so much for the girls. Like he acted like he was so interested. And they're like, because I was so naive, I was genuinely insanely curious about each one of their stories because I knew so little about life that when somebody would sit down to me, like you see in the show, a Jubilee who has just a incredible story uh, and a strength to her that is undeniable and like a story that would would captivate anybody for me and my up and and my lack of knowledge like I was so into those moments like so into their stories the big and the small because each one of them was unique to and new to me and I and I really think my biggest takeaway from the show also exists for me today is I realized at that point I remember it hit me that people's stories really matter and that each one of us has one and it shapes who we are today so I need to stop assuming stereotyping and start becoming curious because I know on the show when I was curious I built better relationships and that's stuck with me today and so that's I, I that was one yeah, thing that makes a lot of sense it, it, and it was a benefit that I didn't know a lot in a sense because <laughs> Because I I had no assumption. Like I, I I mean I really I was so wide eyed. Uh, yeah. At that point, uh, I mean the first memory I've said this before. I don't remember when, but the first memory I really have of you is in San Antonio on Caitlin season, and you and I were just talking, and uh, I remember really enjoying the conversation because you. You were very open, even then, you probably don't remember, you were very open with me about like how much you didn't know. And I remember even you asking me a lot of questions just about life, and I was older than you, and, and you were, um, you, I remember thinking to myself, you know, Ben's a really good guy, not because of necessarily who he is, but who you seem to be willing to become, if that makes sense. Uh, just because there's a lot of, you know, especially in that world, people are defensive and they're just like not sure who they can trust and careful to show vulnerability. And I don't even know if we were, we probably were mic'd, but we were just like sitting on that rooftop Roof, balcony. Remember, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, you were just, uh, you asked a lot of questions about stuff. And to me that, that was, it left a really good impression um, about, about, uh, your your character and willingness because like not everyone is that way and we see that in our in our country now in terms of thinking it's other people's responsibility to teach us who they are um, if they are different um, to think our worlds uh, are the correct worlds uh, that 
and, and things like that. No, you know, everything we learn from our parents is the right thing, you know. And and not to go back to a church view here, but one of the best sermons I've ever gotten is actually like more of a self help one, and it's uh, by a game guy a guy named Craig Groeschel. And his sermons on Ask 21 Questions, he went to, long story short, he went to a doctor. The doctor knew exactly what was wrong with him, but he still asked 21 questions just to get a better picture. And in short, like that stuck with me today. It stuck with me then was stay curious, stay interested. Like if I'm not interested in, in human stories, I'm, I'm going to miss out on a lot of what I believe God is doing. And second, just like what people are doing. Uh, and, and then the next takeaway, I'd say my biggest one would be uh, that I became more confident myself, and then as a result, has not have I've now been able to take risks and enter into things I never would have been able to do without the show. Uh, mostly because I don't know if there, I don't know if for if for me life has ever brought me a bigger risk uh, personally than dating at twenty five years old. Uh, you know, in front of millions of people. Yeah. Do you think? I feel like this is a loaded question, but I feel like I know the answer. But how have you gotten better with uh, willing to be criticized um, then versus now? Um, I, well, we talked about it last time, and and one of my biggest things is not as much the criticism as the envy because I forget that other people. I I, I just feel pretty alone um, within that criticism every once in a while, and I shouldn't. I know that everybody has it. But my inability, I still get really hurt over certain things. Uh, there are certain things... That, You're definitely not alone there. Yeah. Like, there are definitely things that can still sting and hurt me. Um, you know, uh, there's there's moments even probably yesterday, if I could think back, like, where somebody has said something <clears throat> that has completely, like, wrecked my confidence. And... And it happens for short period of times now, shorter period of times. It doesn't like break me down too often. But yeah, I mean, I think when I talked to you last, I I told you like, I mean, I've been in counseling now for four months, uh, not just because of criticism, also because of envy, also because of finding my place in the world, like multiple things. But like, uh, I'm there because I don't want it to like paralyze me anymore. Like I don't want to be somebody that w- runs away from criticism to just not have it. Like I want to be somebody that stands for something and f- and dives deep into things I believe in. And I was losing that motivation just because I felt every time I tried to, it was worse for me than if I didn't. And mm-hmm. and I mean, what a, what a time. It's interesting for me is what a time to be prepping myself to to lean into things I care about than now. And I've been prepping for four months with a counselor saying, I really really want to feel more confident to dive into issues I care about. Well, you know, here in the last three months, we've had massive changes and things that we should be standing on that I've been able to do because I think a lot of the prep work happened months ago. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I'm assuming you're referring to uh, obviously the Black Lives Matter movement and um, yeah, and and things like that. Um, that. That and like, you know the the Supreme Court's ruling um, for LGBTQ the yep. community. Like, how is I going to feel about that? Especially as somebody that fully believes in Jesus. This is always a good context I like to throw because Christians don't aren't doing things really like uh, are they don't show a lot of acceptance right now. And so I do like to preface that and say I am a believer uh, in Jesus who also believes that definitely stands for Black Lives Matter and of becoming more and more educated on why. Um, and what this is all about. And also even going back to COVID, like there's a lot of like big issues with a pandemic on like, should we send, should we just continue to run around, you know, without any barriers and just let everybody get sick? Like I had to make an opinion on that, which typically I would have just never had one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, intriguing. I've been talking a little bit on this show about I don't like talking about politics, but I, what I've been talking about is this willingness to talk about things without immediately trying to politicize it. And I think you're kind of referencing this in terms of, you, you know, here we are. It seems almost insane when you say it out loud. I support Black Lives Matter. I support the LGBTQ community. Oh, by the way, just so you know, I believe in Jesus. Like, what yeah. an insane thing to almost feel the need to have to, like, justify it. And wow, I like... 
I I hate that that it becomes again a political debate or even a religious debate. And I think when you said out loud how insane that is, there's no way um, Jesus would have a problem. I mean, I've never met the guy. I mean, I have in my dreams. I pray to him, but you get what I'm saying, you know. I don't well, want to speak I, for God. I but uh, I I mean, know. I guess yeah. And going back, Nick, to even the story on the Bachelor is I guess my lesson learned was to ask questions, become curious, to not assume, and to fall more... Like I want to fall more on the side of acceptance, love, and grace than I do on the other. And so like I believe that is a, a very like Jesus message. And I'm only this way now because I, I want to ask the questions that I've learned from the show to say, okay, you know, Tyler or whoever I've talked to recently you're black, how has that affected you? And learn, and then it's pretty quick and pretty easy to go, wow, like this, like this, we have a lot of racism here. Like mm-hmm. we need to stand up against this. Like, and if you don't see that black lives and you posted a, a, a something about it, and I, I texted you, but like, if you don't see that black lives just simply matter, <laughs> like, then like you need to check yourself. Yeah. Um, how has it been for for you and like with um your followers and 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 we have access to the internet and mm-hmm. I talked last week about here you know, I posted this fucking thirst trap picture and next thing you know I'm like looking in the mirror and be like, Am I too skinny? <laughs> you know? Um have you gotten better at you know, whether it's Black Lives Matter or talking about corona or just trying to say the things that you believe to be true or right or just about yourself if people criticize you um not not listening to the internet about that stuff because i mean quite honestly i you know i still i still no. struggle with it no i don't i don't know if i do i don't I, I couldn't like sit here and be like oh yeah it doesn't bother me at all like but i also don't want to sit here and and play a victim either and say it like i can't move on from it like i know what i stand for like i i know that I'm learning, that I don't know everything, that I'm trying my best. I know I really want to fight for people. Like I really believe in people. I believe that people matter. And I believe that if I post something within that, you know, context and people don't like it, like I'm getting better at being okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, like if I posted a picture of me shirtless right now, Nick, like I would like I don't know why I'd be doing that, especially at this point in my life. But Wait, now I feel judged. I'm feeling judged immediately. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm engaged. What my context there is like as an engaged man, there's not a great reason for me to be posting Fair. a picture shirtless. Okay. Um alone. I would yeah, I be freaking out. Like freaking out. Yeah, alone. Um, but freaking out. I, I don't think any context, like any anything would hurt. <laughs> I'm still feeling judged right now. Almost. Why? I posted two last week. Well, you're not you're not an engaged man. And I'm saying uh, like you you look good shirtless. Like you posted I think and said like you look good naked. Like I mean, I'm not I'm not like Well, you I, say it like that. Now I feel very self-conscious. <laughs> oh jeez. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think kidding. you look great. My point is that if I was that vulnerable, I think I would be super nervous and I still am not confident enough in myself to do that uh, and know that like somebody could rip me apart and like what that would do to me and my psyche. Yeah. Um, So you're back in Colorado first time in six months. Yeah. Feels good. Back in Denver. Um, Now you're back by yourself. Did Jess come with you? She came back, celebrated her birthday, but she starts esthetician school to uh, Monday, and so is that uh, online or is that no in person in Nashville? And so she is going back. So she flew back uh, yesterday, and so I'm still in Denver, uh, getting the shops and the restaurants in order, and then um, I'm gonna head back to Indiana for the fourth because the Midwest is the best for the holidays. Yeah, I gotta buy my ticket. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. And then, uh, and then I'm gonna, and then I'm back in Denver for the long haul. Like I, I was used to flying all the time. I don't see a lot of like travel on my calendar for the rest of the year, which is good and bad. I don't know what that means, you know, uh, 
for my my future. But right now, I'm I'm here, and I I like it. It's good to be home. Our, uh do you have an update on the restaurant business for us? I mean, I know again, there's still yeah. a lot of with Corona. I'm, even in LA, you see things kind of opening up. I I went out to dinner with uh, Demi and our other friend, and you know, people were six feet apart. We had our masks, we we're hand sanitizing, you know, trying kind of to like norm. live a life, but you know, still getting out a little bit. Uh, how is? Um, can you give us an update on your businesses and are things going to be getting back to normal a little bit, but safely? Yeah, a hundred percent. So they're all open now. Um, Ashkara uh, and Mister Oso are both open, and then we have one in Boulder going in here soon but uh there it's it's different because it's hard to run a business when you have to spread people out so far right your capacity gets really cut typically in a restaurant you try to find ways to squeeze as many people into one place as possible Uh, now it's like hey how do we limit that so we really but we're doing fine uh we're we're gonna make it we're gonna we're, we're doubling down on making it we believe that the future is bright for restaurants uh but my concern is for the people who aren't going to make it, and there's many of those. Uh, we're lucky enough to have a good, a good group that uh, has the capital to keep people keep us open. Uh, I'm worried for the small mom pop restaurants, the the places that are your favorite little bakeries and cafes. Like I'm, I'm nervous for those places. So we still need to be really aware of supporting them, like doing going out of our way to go support those businesses that you love around you, because everybody is hurting pretty bad right now. But we're we're doing all right. Uh, Mister Oso is a place here in Denver. It's a little taco and tequila bar. I was there on Friday night, and we have an outdoor patio, and every single six foot table was filled up, which is awesome. Um, super good. Well, that's that's good to see. Um, I know you were nervous about it when it. Oh God! Yeah, you know, there's so much unknown for a while, and we still stuff we still don't know. But um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I'm always just trying to balance um, life. Like balancing life is tough, you know, especially is, in this man. world. You know, everyone, everyone has an opinion. Um, it's good to listen to, like you said, listen and learn, but also have the conviction to just follow your heart and, and do your thing. Yeah. And I mean, I, I want to give you a lot of, like you said it, uh, we've been, I mean, it really was a couple months ago where you and I sat, sat down on this podcast and kind of unexpectedly started talking about envy and, and just the the heaviness to seeing what people were doing on social media and on the internet and what we felt like we weren't doing. And it, and it, that led you and I to offline kind of having a conversation being like, Hey, can I lean on you um, a little bit, especially during this time? And uh, you know, for this whole process in general of, of the show and, and what life looks like and, and entertainment and your friendship has been a lot because I mean, it's been multiple times since then that I've texted you saying, Nick, I need your opinion on this. Nick, I'm confused over this. Nick, what do you, what do you, you know, can you, can you help me talk to Rachel? You know, just like those things. And you've been there. And what it shows me is uh, one of the cool parts through it all is like, I think we're getting a good taste. And I have it with my buddies that I've known forever, right? You take that for granted. But you, I'm getting a good taste of what a good friendship looks like as adults, especially in a world of that constant, you know, opinion coming at you. And, and I've really appreciated it. It's made me a better man over the last couple months and, and a more informed man. And, and I really do enjoy that. So thank you. Well, thanks, Ben. I, I, I appreciate your friendship as well. And you're right. I mean, it's, I will, I, I don't know if I've ever said this, especially the Bachelor people. Um, the show airs, you see friendships, people posting on social. And I, uh, people who go on the show now, uh, I just say, hey, listen, you're friends right now. You don't really know who you're going to be real friends with from the show until at least a year removed from your season. Um, yeah. Because there's just too many variables that you're that are playing into the friendship now that you don't know if you guys are even compatible as friends let you know um and that's not to say they're good or bad people it's just you just don't know um if you jive or 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 the sincerity of the friendships you know you always Mm -hmm. sometimes are like oh i haven't really heard from that person in a while how how convenient but uh you're right you know talking about adult friendships are very different than than friendships when we were younger and um and you're right. Some it's just I've always valued loyalty and, and trust. And you're right. You're someone who 
Um, likewise, I, you know, you can go to and, and bounce ideas off. When you talk about envy and jealousy, you know, I know you, you are very sincere about that, but, um, I know I've been envious and jealous of you. So sometimes it makes me feel better just to hear you tell me that. Yeah. There hasn't been a time where you're just like, I'm down. And I'm like, oh, well, at least Ben's feeling down. I now feel better because he's living in my world. Um, yeah. and, 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 and having that vulnerability with uh, someone or trust, even especially with guys, you know, from man to man, just be like, mm. can I say this to this guy who is my friend? You know, or yeah. is he going to make fun of me or like call me a wuss or, or whatever? So it is nice to be able to have uh, friends like that, especially people who... Um, I mean, very few people can relate to me the way you can. So that is, that is nice to have in my life, especially during this time. And that's one of the, one of the greatest things too, is especially during this time, you need people who can relate with you to sit there beside you and say, Hey, you're not alone. I get it. Um, we're going to, we're going to work to get through this. It's important. Um, I know you got to get going. So any final thoughts are, are, is it too soon to tease or talk about the book you've been working on? Uh, yeah, it's too soon. It's too okay. soon. Well, Ben wrote a book, so wait, you know, it's coming out someday. Uh, just it's, plug, uh, you heard it here say, first. I will say it's like the longest, you know how, I mean, what, it's 18 months and, uh, the, yeah, it's been a lot. Um, but I can't f- go into much now. Okay. Soon, soon. Biggest okay. thing I've ever done. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think the, the final thoughts are, uh, is is really what I, I just hope people listening are are doing all right. I'm seeing a lot right now, especially today. Uh, as I'm, it just feels like today is a as a day where you get on social media right now. Uh, you kind of try to get your idea of where the world's at, and it just feels like there's a lot of. I'm getting a lot of messages to me too of like, "Hey, things feel chaotic. Things feel confusing. Things feel lonely. I'm I I don't know where to turn. I don't know where to go." Things feel like they're changing so fast. And uh, I just, man, I'm with them. Like, there's a lot of unknowns right now, and there's a lot of learning and processing and walking forward the best we can one step at a time. And so, for me, it's not as much as sitting here being like, Nick, listen to what I've done right now or listen to what I'm working on. It's mostly what I'm working on is just trying to take the next best step all the time. And and I feel like that's right where I'm supposed to be. Like I I really feel like that's exactly where I'm supposed to be right now is just listening, learning, and trying to do my best to help and not hurt. So, totally, um, I really agree, and that's it's always helpful to hear. And same with myself too. I mean, a lot of this is, um, saying what you're listening and learning, and then recognizing. Um, I think the most interesting thing you said, and it's not surprising, but interesting to say, like when I was 26 or 25 years old, I thought there really only were Christians in America. Mm -hmm. What a wild thing to say and admit, but also honest. And I think you're not alone by thinking that and, and being Christian is great, but just recognizing there are people in this world who are different than us. and, And it's not a scary thing to learn and listen. And, um, even the things that, you know, uh, the Me Too movement recently, or even the recent stuff that's been in the news in terms of even more about privilege in terms of culture and, and what women have to go through. We, we keep getting reminded of the things that are out there, and um, we just got to continue to uh, keep listening. Because, yeah, you're right. It's a scary world because you get this call-out culture, and then and then everyone's like on edge, too, about like people getting called out and people you're fans of, and they want to... De- Everyone's just on edge. You're right. And I think yeah. it's it's nice to hear you say just like let's just take a step back and 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 with great intentions um try to to move forward and and um I think that you know I'm glad to see just to, to put a nice bow on it. Um uh, even someone like Olivia was able to take this traumatic experience and and turn into hopefully into a positive thing. And yeah, I, I hope for anyone listening, um, maybe even send Olivia a nice little note. Yeah. You'd be surprised how much she might appreciate that. Um, because yeah, the shit, the shit can fuck you up a little bit sometimes. Yeah. That'd be great. It would, it would it'd be a big deal. It's a nice little gesture that would take somebody one minute, just send her a little, Hey, you're awesome. Even if you, you know, just say she's, she's great. That'd, that'd yeah. be a lot. 
Well, buddy, I always appreciate you uh, coming on. I, I love you. Thanks for your friendship. Uh, where can people find you if they haven't found you already? Yeah, uh, Higgins.Ben on Instagram, Ben Higgy on Twitter. Uh, you know, I would love if you're in Denver to come check out the coffee shops. Go to GenerousCoffee.com to see where those are at. That's a, it's a big deal to me. Um, or the restaurants uh, here in Denver, Ashkara and Mr. Oso. But uh, yeah, uh, that's the best spots right now. And then we obviously have the Almost Famous podcast that, uh, that's been around for a bit. And we're having fun with it still, especially because these Bachelor people just can't stop staying out of the news. It feels like more and more like there's always something to talk about. It's so a gift, they're, It's a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> they're making our jobs very, at least, you know, my job very easy. Yeah. Uh, well, Ben, as always, thank you. And thank you, uh, listeners for, for tuning in, uh, make sure to check us out tomorrow. Fun episode with, uh, the very talented and funny comedian, Sarah Colonna. We, uh, we talk about Karen culture. We just kind of ramble. I'm fascinated by this new thing called the Karen culture, watching Karens be Karens go down. Uh, and honestly, people who they're not even named Karen. We apologize to the people who actually named Karen. I actually think people named Karen right now are probably the nicest and sweetest people out there. And they're just like, what the fuck? Um, so Sarah was kind enough to join me. And, and we just kind of have a discussion about it. And I think uh, if you are interested in, in, in that aspect of the world, uh, check us out tomorrow uh, on The Vile Files. As always, send in your questions at asknickatcast.com, cast with a K. 